I'm Jim Wills, and this is the Art Unknown Podcast, where we feed your soul with art. Your story and who you are and your journey as an artist is part of what's going to make your art valuable. Art really fundamentally connects us as, as humans. Art's that historical capture of time. It freezes it for you and jogs your memory and makes you happy. The music in general is just, it's universal. It's that thing that we can all connect over. I, th I think that at the end of the day, art is, is what connects us to, to our souls. A tapestry to feel and see, impossible to hold. So this week on the podcast, I am with a visual artist. She is a, an artist from two sides of the ocean, two sides of the pond, if you will. She's both English and American, born in England, raised in America. Her name is Anna Murphy, and she graduated in 2011 from the University of Louisville in Kentucky in a Bachelor of Fine Arts. And she is a visual artist. She's been a full-time visual artist for about four years now. Uh, starting out doing fine art gallery work and has transitioned into street art murals and doing larger, much larger pieces. And I can't wait to get into her story and hear about her journey through the art world. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. We start on every episode talking about an inspiration. And so uh, I want to hear an inspiration from you. And it can be anything, anything at all. You can talk about a piece of art, an artist, or you can talk about music, song, quote, a book, an author, a movie, anything that you that inspires you in your daily life or in your art that you carry with you. Yeah, so I think what inspires me most in my daily life is is progress and growth and just and just thinking that um, I can be a little bit better than the day before. And whether that means in my gym and my workout or my health and my food or or my business and my painting or just the person that I am like I always just want to keep growing keep improving and and for me the person that I become in my life and the um the way that I live my life the way that I enjoy my life that's the most important artwork for me and I think for everybody when do you, do you think that you're kind of a competitive person or competitive at least with yourself yeah I would say competitive with myself just always trying to trying to grow and, and make progress and of course there are times where I can uh, compare myself to others and I try not to do that especially with painting I try to just stay in my lane and stay focused and and just like you said be in competition with myself so so always trying your inspiration is is always trying to live each day a little bit better than the last improve upon you as a person from the day before I, I love that. That's yeah, exactly. I think it, we could all yeah. aspire to that. Yeah, it kind of gives you hope because even if you have a bad day or you take a step back, it's always tomorrow and it's always a new, day, a new opportunity to be better. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a, um, I used to have a friend and he would say, like when he would get really depressed, he'd say, you know what, if the sun comes up tomorrow, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to have bad days because tomorrow will, yeah, like you said, will be a good day. <laughs> Of course, absolutely. Let's well, let's get into your story. Let's talk about mm -hmm. your artwork and how you became the artist that you are today. If you will, if you wouldn't mind, go down, go down your your journey. Give us your journey. You can start anywhere you want. Yeah. You can start 
as a little kid, you can start from going to college or wherever, wherever you feel comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I, like you said, I grew up in England. Um, my mom is, is from America, from Kentucky, and my dad's English. So I had like this really beautiful kind of picturesque country, English countryside childhood. My mom was a landscape architect, so she really put her heart and soul into our garden, and I, I have many fond memories there. So growing up in England, I, I feel like that's where I really, I guess I could say music is my first love. I, I really fell in love with playing music. I, I started playing the violin and the piano very young, like maybe 10 years old. Mm. And so that's where I really discovered like being creative and, and just, just for the enjoyment of being in, inside of yourself. And that's where that started developing for me. And so then... Let's see. So then I um, moved to America when I was 13 in eighth grade. And I, I, music was a part of my life. So I carried that with me. But then I started, that was the first play I was in when, when I was in eighth grade. I was Snow White in the Snow White. <laughs> the <seven laughs> fourth. And so then I got into high school. <laughs> I got into high school and I was in like every single play I could be in. And that was like my other passion. I, I just really, uh, it, the feeling of being on stage and 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 moving people emotionally and then having that that um that connection with people mm-hmm. and so went through and i was into acting and music i i must have been about 15 or 16 i did a poetry workshop and it was like over the weekend and at the end of the workshop we had like our, we presented our work and the community came and the parents came and we, I think it was like at a local library or something. And I remember that being a very important moment because when I read my poem, I, I noticed somebody in the front row started having an emotional reaction and, and, and tearing up. And I just, I remember that moment because it, it, it showed me that, you know, you, art really has the power to move people. And I, and I wanted to, I really wanted to stick with that and, and just tap into that connecting with people in that way. It's very, it was very powerful for me. So I think it was my junior year in high school, I started drawing and I'd always like painted and draw and, and, and like to draw growing up. My parents are both very creative and encouraged that. And, and my grandmother, she, um, she lived with us growing up for a couple of years and she was a watercolor painter and she would set up a little uh, space for us to paint together. So that, that I had very fond memories there, but even through high school, um, I never really thought I had any talent. I was like, okay, like this is fun, but you know, I, I guess I got more praise with the music and, and acting. So I never really considered it to be where I would go with my life. But in my junior year in high school, I think I just, I just needed another outlet and <clears throat> I started drawing portraits and something happened where I really felt the magic of, of like having a, a blank canvas and, and creating something out of nothing on that white page and, and, and bringing something to life, like it could just walk off the page. So I wasn't very good in the beginning, but um, I really <laughs> fell in love with, with drawing. <laughs> and so there's, a, there's a, a program in Kentucky called Governor's School for the Arts. And I had applied the year before for acting and I didn't get in. So I decided to apply again the next year for visual art and I got in. And I think that program is really what set the course for my life because that's where I did my first oil painting and that's where I really thought, okay, I guess I do have a talent for this. I just had to, you know, practice and work on it. 
so then I went to college and I still didn't think I would be a visual artist. I, I actually wanted to go to get my degree in philosophy and for my freshman year, but I think it was my mid freshman year. I, my teacher told me to apply for this scholarship. It was my drawing teacher. And he said, I think you, should, you could get it. And so it was like the day before or two days before the application was due. And I, I, I did it quickly and I didn't really think much of it, but I ended up getting a full ride that year. And then every year after that through my visual art. Wow. So, yeah. So that, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is the path I'm supposed to be on. I, I can't really turn down a full ride from uni for university. So um, I took that path. And I, I think at the end of the day, I was happy because, I think being an artist, you can be a philosopher as well. <laughs> you can kind of dig deep into those philosophical questions. So I think I still got to get the best of both worlds. But so I started developing my, my painting skills. And so let's see, I graduated in 2011 from the University of Louisville. And then I, let's see, I, I, I worked as a nanny for a year and I kind of was deciding what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And life brought me to Chicago. I just knew that I needed a, I needed a new adventure. I needed a challenge. I wanted somewhere where I could grow in my career um, and just a change. So <clears throat> I came to Chicago. And for the first couple of years, I worked in different creative jobs. That was one thing I noticed right away about Chicago. There's so many opportunities for creative people, especially visual artists. So I found a job working for an artist uh, for a year or two, I think it was two years. And then I, um, I became a teacher, uh, it was an after school matters program for, for youth. I think it was eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade. And I did an outdoor mural program for a couple of years. And um, I taught painting at Soho House Chicago for three years. I had a program there once a month. And what else did I do? Oh, I also was a host at Soho House for a couple of years, which for those who don't know, it's a it's a it's a members club for creative people. So I got to meet a lot of people there, and it was a really good opportunity. But slowly, every year, I would kind of wean myself off my other jobs. So I think I went from being like full time uh, other jobs to being part time to being once a weekend to being one day a weekend, and then finally, I think it was about four years ago, uh, three and a half four years ago, where I just cut everything else off and I was able to support myself fully with my art. So that's kind of how I got here. This, I started out as a, as a oil painter, a, a fine art gallery oil painter. <clears throat> and then about three years ago, I did my first mural and that kind of just took off for me. I, I really fell in love with, with the large scale and the you know, the large platform to get to put my message out there with my art. And then I think what really, what I really loved the most was being able to interact with the community and just feel the love back from the community. I felt like I was able to give almost like a gift when I, when I work, when I do a mural in, a, in this place, I feel like it's a gift that I get to give to the people that see it every day and to the community around me. But but more than that, I get more of a gift back because I get so much love and so much support from strangers. And I, and I made a lot of my friends that way, just meeting people, <clears throat> being on the street, working on art. So, so yeah, I think I covered most things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Thank you for taking us on the journey. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I have some, I have some questions. Yeah, sure. So, 
my first sort of sense from that story is that you are a true artist. I, I also grew up playing music. So you started out in music, playing violin, piano, and then transitioned yeah. into uh, theater. I, I also did a lot of theater, but not in high school. Like I never did theater in high school. It wasn't, wasn't until I was in, I was in all the bands in high school. And then I, and I think I did one play, maybe two plays, but it wasn't until later in life when I really got into theater and I lived in Florida. So it was around the movie industry and I got into some acting and I see that about oh, you. Cool. you. You started to do theater and you saw something you said earlier in getting into poetry where you saw that art has the power to move people. I think that's so very mm -hmm. true. And you, you said you saw someone getting emotional. That's also, I mean, let's be honest, like anytime you can make someone cry positively is always a great feeling. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think what, what's so awesome too about it is that and I think what clicked for me in that moment is before it was just all about my own enjoyment and my own healing and working through things in my life. And yeah. that was enough on its own. That's enough on its own. But then to see that you can actually inspire other people and affect other people in that way, that's like, wow, it's like, you know, it's even better. <laughs> Did you find that your art is cathartic for you to deal with, you know, like you just said, like issues in your life or things that come up to use art as your own personal therapy? Oh, absolutely. That's definitely why I, I remember starting to, when I was starting to draw, I, I just like, it was like a meditation for me. I could just kind of escape and kind of go into another world and just let my mind wander. So um, if you look at some of my uh, paintings, I do, I work with a lot of detail and people are mm -hmm. always like, how do you, how do you have so much patience? But for me, it's like, well, I, I get to escape. I get to like have this meditative journey throughout this piece. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. you also said something yeah. that when you started to get into creative or when you started to get into drawing that you didn't think you were that good. And I think that goes to your earlier inspiration is, is what most people with the very few exceptions of, you know, they born with that innate talent that we say, most people are not good at when they first start anything. And so yeah. First time yeah, I played the drums, exactly. I wasn't very good. So yeah. I, but something clicked when you were when you were painting that or drawing that you wanted to continue to do it. Thinking back, do you have any idea what that was? Like what was it that you said, hey, this is something I want to pursue versus acting or versus music? Like why what, what was it about the painting that really clicked with you, do you think? Well, I I remember feeling like I had like a lot of determination to like, to become a, whenever I started a painting, I would want to, I want to, I would want to make it like the best, the best painting I've ever seen. So I would like, I wanted to, to push myself and to, to make it to where people look at it and think, how did she do that? That's, that's amazing. Like, so I, I don't know, I guess it was a challenge. I just wanted to challenge myself that way. And I feel like that's just, that's just the path that life took me on. And I and I I never really questioned it. I just kind of went with it, and it felt good to, at me to me with to me at the time. So I just I just followed my flow, I guess, more than <laughs> just making a decision. I would say, does that make sure. sense? Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, followed your flow. Yeah. Did, did you start out in your drawing and sketches? Did you start out doing figure drawing or portraits? Because I noticed that a lot of your, especially early work, you have a lot a lot more portraiture then now you've certainly you've seen the transition which we'll get into but did you start out doing more portrait work yeah so so I started out 
with portraits I think just because okay. I I love people and I and I you know I'm interested in why people are the way they are and it always intrigued me to try to uh, paint or draw a person and, and show their essence of who they are and show their spirit through their eyes and through you know their physical form so that was always like a challenge that I I, I always wanted to to show that through my work did you like for your portraits did you use uh like live models or did you go off like an image or a picture that you could take and then or was it uh, purely from memory yeah no I would take photographs so usually it was just friends that I had <laughs> or myself <laughs> if I didn't have anyone around and I would so I used myself a lot in the beginning for self-portraits okay. just because I have myself available <laughs> but yeah, then yeah, I started yeah. take, <laughs> then I started taking photographs and working from photographs just because it my paintings would take months to complete, so it wow. wouldn't be too realistic to hire someone to stay, you know, to pose for me for that long. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then something else that you had mentioned that you talked about a member, a members club for creative people. Was that in Chicago? Can you talk more about that? Was that in Chicago? Yeah, it's, it's called Soho House. Um, it started House. in London. Okay. Started in London, um, but now they're all over the world and in big cities like Chicago, New York, Miami, and then all over the world as well. And I did a mural for them and then I became a member. And it's it's one of my favorite things about living in Chicago, honestly, because I get to meet so many other creative people. And and also, not to mention, they have an amazing pool on the rooftop. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my other, you know, <laughs> I, I like to go there in the morning and work that's out. A huge, that's a huge for plus. A swim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what and you moved from did you go from Louisville to Chicago? So I was in Louisville and then I was in Indiana for about two months and then I made my way up to Chicago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. why Chicago? Like why did you choose Chicago as um it was just the closest big city to where I was and I love that it was on the lake. The lakefront of Chicago is just amazing. And I, when I first moved to Chicago, I, I lived in the River North neighborhood, which is mm. downtown-ish. And then I worked in Pilsen, which is South Loop, a little bit west of the South Loop. So I got to ride my bike. Uh, it was like a 15-minute bike ride from River North to Pilsen. And every day I would just pinch myself like, is this my real life? This is like, I feel like <laughs> I'm in a postcard. It's so beautiful. And then yeah. ever since then, ever since then, I just keep falling in, more in love with Chicago. There's just so many amazing things here, parks and people, such, such such diverse people and different kinds of friends that I've made from all over the world. So yeah, I really do love Chicago a lot, but I don't know if I'll stay here forever. I, I've kind of got a something inside me that says I'll, I'll be moving somewhere else one day. <laughs> sure, yeah, time, yeah. you know, yeah. travel while you're young, see the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could, and now that you're doing murals, you could do murals all over the world. Yeah, yeah, true. I interviewed this artist, Akuda. I don't know if you're familiar with Akuda San Miguel. He's a Spanish artist and he um, has painted literally all over the world. And he's done huge, like several hundred foot tall murals on buildings. And uh, I first discovered him. He painted the roof, uh, the inside of a, an old church in Denver that had been turned mm -hmm. into the first ever, it was the International Church of Cannabis after uh, huh. weed was legalized in Denver and he, they invited him to paint it. And, and since then, and then I, then I went to Spain and I had the good fortune of, of seeing his work in Spain and we interviewed and chatted. And, and so, yeah, he's, he said that traveling the world has really inspired him as an artist. 
to, yeah. to continue to push his art forward. So I encourage yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think, th oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that I love about just being an artist is you can kind of make your life as free as you want to be. And it can take, like you said, it can take you all over the world, but I feel like I get to design my life in a way where I can be free and, and it can take me in lots of different directions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, you talked about making that transition from having a job and, yeah. and working a more traditional job to being a full-time artist. And I loved how you said, well, you were full-time and then you painted on the side and then you slowly transitioned to more part-time and painting more. And then, you know, only on the weekends and then painting yeah. full-time, eventually painting full-time. What was it at that point? Like, what was the point where you said, Hey, I can do this full-time. I'm going to quit my day job. Like I said, I kind of did it so gradually to where I was down to one day a week. So it really wasn't that big of a leap after I was only working one day <laughs> on the weekend. Okay. You know what I mean? But yeah. I did I did have I did have projects lined up. So I knew that I had work coming in, but on the other hand, it, it was still uncertain and it still is today. I think the life of the artist is it's a it's a choice of or it's a career of faith and trust and you just have to kind of surrendered and, and trust that things are going to work out and stay positive. <laughs> and they have so far. <laughs> Absolutely. I think as an artist too, yeah. it's um, uh, to be a good artist, you have to be really successful in business as well and money and especially money management, because um, yeah. unless you have the good fortune of having the work continuously come in, there may be dry spells. Yeah. And I talked to an artist recently or at the beginning of this year and he had you know, a photographer and he was, he was so excited. We actually talked last year, right, right before COVID hit. And he was so excited about all the projects he had coming up and all the work that he had and the events that he was going yeah. to. And he was super excited. And like I said, it was right before COVID happened. And then boom, and he was out of work for 11 months. His work was completely yeah. shut down. And I think that happened to a mm -hmm. lot of artists, especially. So mm -hmm. did you have that happen to you at all? Did you, were you a victim, if you will, or, of the COVID? And, and if so, how did you handle that? Well, I did have maybe I had like two big projects that were postponed <laughs> they're still happening but next year or, or one's happening this fall so yes I did feel that but I, I was still lucky enough to have work that came in I, I think I did two big mural projects during that time yeah. <clears throat> and then I also I also just tried to get creative so I, I made my first uh, prints and I made a little print store online and started selling prints and oh, awesome just kept going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Figured out yeah, what to sure. do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Figured out what to do. I like that. You just persevered. Yes. Became, yeah. became a little bit better each day, as you said. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so you, you transitioned in styles and I'm looking mm -hmm. through um, your work, looking through like, especially your Instagram, you know, you showed, I mean, you have a great talent for drawing figures and for drawing still lifes, if you will. But, but your transition, mm -hmm. your style transition from those and to, and I don't know if this is your current style or if you're transitioning even away from that style, but you, you, you're in this phase of blue, blue monochrome. I, I love it. Yeah. I think it's so freaking cool. How, can you talk <laughs> a little bit about that, of how you, how your style yeah. transition and how you, how you, because a lot of times you, you'll see an artist and they have, like I talked about Akuda. Once I became familiar with his work, his work is so distinctive that I can pick out an Akuta painting because he has such a distinct style. And though he may paint many different subjects, his style, his very geometric, bright colored style is easy to identify. And I see that like with your, 
kind of your your blue monochrome it's so cool and like i think probably there's probably people in chicago that see your work on a wall and go hey that's an anna murphy piece because it's very distinct Can, would you talk a little bit about that right yeah of course well let me go back a little bit to i'll just kind of give you the progression of of how my work evolved like that okay. so so like i said when i started i was I, very when i very first started i was in, uh, interested in portraits and and people and emotion and I, I used a lot of harsh lighting like really bright light and shadow because I was I think I was talking about like the inner world versus the outer world and the light and dark that's in all of us and then mm. that kind of evolved into my figure my female figure series which is which it will be in a show um the one one of the simplest phone is called love is our mother but so that work which has all the lace in the background that okay. that came from talking about the divine feminine energy and by that i don't mean being male or female i mean the feminine energy is in creation and birth and love and spirituality which is the yin and yang the this the feminine side of that sure so so that's kind of what i was trying to portray with that and and the lace in the background the re the reason that started is cuz i found um i found a bag of, of crumpled up lace and doilies in my in my parents bathroom closet which I found out that my great-grandmother had hand handmade and hand sewn oh, wow. and I was just so I was so moved by like how much energy and effort went into that and you know I, I so I pulled them all out and I was like I'm going to paint these and but it also it kind of fit nicely into my work because it talked about you know female work and and the love that women give to their families and and the lace became like a metaphor for the interwoven nature of our lives and you know, I paint each thread and, and it represents like each experience and, and there's sections which are in shadow and sections which are in the light and there's rips and tears and it just became a, a, a metaphor for like a tapestry of life, somebody's mm -hmm. life. Okay. Uh, so I would do a, port a portrait with this tapestry behind them. So then after I finished that series, I, I started doing my murals. And like you said, I kind of realized like, okay, I'm going to need something that is almost like a brand, like I know that this is Anna Murphy's work. So I had to think like, okay, wh what is this series going to be? Like, how am I going to keep it consistent? Like you said. So I've always been, I've always loved the uh, cobalt blue porcelain um, ceramics and I've always collected them. And I think it's because it reminds me of growing up in England and afternoon tea. And, you know, we have about six cups of tea a day. So it just kind of <laughs> was nostalgic in that sense. And so I, I always collected those kind of vases and, and, and pots and pots and things like that. So, so then I was got to thinking about how each culture has their own version of that uh, blue and white porcelain, whether it's Asian, Middle Eastern, European, American, they all have their own style. So I thought, oh, this would be interesting if I kind of made my own style out of it. <laughs> and, and I took it to a large scale, which kind of brings it to it in a contemporary format because people haven't seen it at such a large scale. But at the same time, it's been in people's houses for like a thousand years. I think it's, it's interesting to me that it's remained in style for that long. <laughs> you know, it's still, you still see it in all the contemporary magazines and interior design. So mm -hmm. um, that's kind of where the, inspiration for the blue and white porcelain came from or the blue and white painting and then I, I saw these images of churches in Portugal I think it was or I think it was somewhere in Europe 
of these beautiful churches with blue and white tile up the sides. And then they had these gold ceilings and gold accents everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is, I love that color combination. So I started incorporating the gold into my work. And, and then I realized as I was doing that, that gold is also a very spiritual transcendent color. It's used a lot in energy healing and, and work like that. So it was very fitting for my message and, and sort of the divinity that I was trying to express in my work. So then the work, it still has that female feminine energy, but it kind of became more about mother Earth as a whole, mother nature and her animals and, and plant life. So that kind of is, is my subject right now. And it's so funny because I was thinking about when, when I did my lace painting, something that always popped in my head was when I was really young, I was like a little girl. My mom would sing to me before I went to sleep. Uh-huh. And one of my favorite, one of my favorite songs she would sing was called Tapestry uh, by Carol King. And the only two lines I can remember from it was, uh, my life has been a tapestry of rich and royal hue. And I would always think, yeah, this is like I'm painting a tapestry of someone's life. And then the other day I was thinking like, you know what? I don't know any other words to that song. I'm going to listen to that song and look it up. And I looked it up and like in the next phrase, it says a, wonder, a wondrous woven magic of of bits of gold and blue. And I was like, wow. What? <laughs> subconsciously, those words were floating around in my head. It was like a, a wow moment for me because I couldn't remember. I never remembered any other words. But yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's that is crazy. That- that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was gonna, I was going to ask you what made you choose blue as the color versus, you know, any red or green or yellow or any other color palette. Like, why did you choose blue? Yeah. Well, uh, initially it was because of the the blue porcelain, the blue and white porcelain, which was just was a, your inspiration. A look, inspiration. But then it it just fit really well because for me it represents the ocean and the sky. You know, blue. <laughs> so sure. Yeah. I just love that color. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do they teach in art school? Because you talked about doing the portraiture and how you had like very harsh light. Do they teach Rembrandt lighting? Are you familiar with Rembrandt lighting? <laughs> if they did, I think I forgot it, but I don't, I don't recall them teaching that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't um, know if that's something that's taught to yeah. artists or not. It's basically Rembrandt would paint in that style, you know, and so that's where the term yeah. came from, where just a single harsh yeah. light. And I, yeah. it's something that's taught in photography all the time because we actually use light you know what I mean and so I just know like going through photography school like Rembrandt lighting is a particular style and I didn't know yeah. if it was if it was taught in in art school anymore you know so <laughs> just wanted to I'm sure that. I'm sure they do <laughs> maybe I wasn't listening on that day <laughs> <laughs> and then the other question I wanted to ask totally unrelated is uh do you still do tea time do you still have tea five times a day ten times a day <laughs> maybe like once or twice a day but I have to say during COVID, being home so much, we have drank a lot of tea and I've turned my fiance onto it as well. He was never a tea drinker until now. And now he's like, is it tea time? And then I give him his tea and I don't give him the saucer. And he's like, what is this? I need my saucer. I'm not a peasant. Uh, the saucer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. You've lived in America for a long time, but you still you have that you've held on to a bit of your British accent. I can hear it in there. Well, a little bit. I kind of was putting it on in, in that last. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, your your murals are great. Would you? How did you get into the murals? You know, you you were you were painting. I'm assuming were you painting on canvases first? 
like you said, you're doing yeah. art gallery, art, art, artwork, fine art gallery work. And then you had a chance to partner with somebody or work, uh, invite into a mural, do a mural with, with somebody. How yeah, did that I, I like, go really, into them about I didn't that? really know. Yeah. I didn't really know much about murals at all. I was really focused on, you know, my, my studio work, my fine art work. And I had a friend that did murals and she invited me to help on one of hers. And, and I was like, okay, I'll help. But I, I never really thought that it would be something that I would do. I was just kind of, you know, helping a friend and just for the experience of it. Sure. But then after that, when I did my first mural, I, I really understood what having, having such a large canvas, it, it was a really awesome experience to just, just, you know, I, I think my first mural was like 70 feet by 20 feet. So just to go go from like a four by five foot canvas to that it was intimidating but I really liked the challenge and I kind of had to find a new uh technique for painting that large sure um so so that was kind of a learning learning process but I loved how how big the canvas was and how much of a bigger platform it was because I had such a bigger audience walking through walking past every day on the street and I think what I loved the most about it was I was so surprised at the kindness of strangers, people that were just walking by were so kind and would bring me gifts and food and offer their help. And I've really made a lot of friends that way, just from meeting people working out on the street and just, just feeling like uh, the love, the, the gift that I'm giving in, in my mural work to the community, I feel like I get that back tenfold from the people that I meet in the community where I, where I put them. That's really cool, you know, and that's something that we don't hear about or maybe even don't think about is that, you know, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time to paint a mural like that. And yeah. what you just said about the community actually being very supportive and yeah, like offering food or words of encouragement or things of that nature uh, is something that we don't really hear about. And we don't, I don't, I don't think we think, think about, I, I haven't really considered it. There's a thing in Colorado where I'm from uh, every year called Crush Walls. And Colorado yeah, has heard em- of it. okay, so Colorado has embraced okay. street art, and we have our, our own River North area in Colorado. It's North Platte area, and okay, and they paint the alleyways. It started in painting the alleyways, like doing street street art and murals in the alleyways, and that built out of instead of people tagging, instead of having a lot of tags, they wanted to have mural more mural type work, and so Crush Walls built out of that, where they invite artists from all over the world and to come every year, mm-hmm. I think it's in September, and come and paint and there's several alleys yeah. and now it's expanded out beyond the alleys to the, the, the main streets. And, and so Denver has really embraced the street art. So I, I love seeing that Chicago is the same way. It looks like Chicago has a ton of street art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say that because my fiance, Hector, he's, a, he's an original graffiti artist from Chicago. He's, he's, he was one of the first ones that kind of started that movement he was the first one to get contracts with Nike and Adidas and just kind of took it to the mainstream so it's interesting to have his perspective too on that kind of on street art because his work is why my work is allowed to exist today you know because oh, right. kind of, Absolutely. that was the evolution from graffiti and people look down on graffiti but it's really why street art exists and um, it's just interesting to get his take on it and and you know, his experience with doing a piece. I mean, he's a very talented artist. It wasn't just like text. He would do these elaborate pieces with text and and, and different um, visual things on them. But 
and then to have someone paint over it the next day and then he's like yeah but that's just how it was and then we just paint over it and then we go paint <laughs> over theirs and then right. so when that happens when that happens in the city today with like you know these really beautiful murals somebody will come paint over it he's like well that's just part of it that's just what it is it's on the street and he doesn't yeah. you know he doesn't come from the world where it's like well this is a hundred thousand dollar mural project you know it's, it's totally different <laughs> yeah absolutely that, that's the yeah. same exact yeah. thing that akuda said and i interviewed another artist from spain his name is spock brior and he they both came from street from tagging yeah. and um yeah you know, in Spain, they have like all the businesses have shutters that they pull down at the end of the day and close all the glass mm -hmm. is closed behind a shutter. And so mm -hmm. I think a lot of the tagging would come out of that where at nighttime, the guy, people would go out, guys and girls, whatever, they would go out and tag on those shutters. And he said that the yeah. street art in Spain developed or in Madrid developed out of that where businesses, instead of having somebody's tag on there, they said, hey, I'll pay you to create a legit piece of art on here. And that's where he actually yeah. got his start. And um, he said it took him nine years to work of, of working before he finally was able, felt like he was able to sustain himself as an artist. So yeah, it, the struggle can be long, but it's definitely worth it. I think, you know, absolutely. There's no better feeling than feeling like you can give a part of your soul and like create something that wasn't there before to leave like as a legacy. It's the most satisfying thing for me, <clears throat> for sure. That's awesome. As a, as a muralist, yeah. as a, as a fine artist, becoming a muralist, do you have that same feeling as, as Hector about like, Hey, if someone paints over it, it's fine. It's trans it's uh, it's, it's temporary. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I would hope that they wouldn't and thank God nothing has happened like that. Um, but I mean, he, he, he wouldn't wish that for me or for anyone, but you know, that's just his, his experience growing up. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he appreciates, he appreciates, the mural world now and as a business you know he, he helps me develop my work and and business sides of things so he understands now <laughs> yeah but even even as a mural don't you think like there's a point of time like it's up for a year or two years or, or some length of time like there's a point of time where hey it's okay to paint over that and put something new there or yeah no? i think or i mean <laughs> well no i think i think that makes sense just to bring new life and new inspiration but of course, there's some pieces that are very old in the city that I think are important, you know, especially in Pilsen, there's a lot of really old murals that tell a story from that time. And, and sure. I think we should respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we were in um, New Orleans and I'd, I'd gone to New Orleans and uh, after Hurricane Katrina, I don't remember the year exactly it was, but but Banksy had, you know, I'm sure you're very familiar with Banksy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had gone to New Orleans and did a bunch of murals, you know, in his work, he, he always does it on, you know, at night undercover, not, not ever commissioned. And yeah, several, I, I think there was maybe like 13 or 15 murals or something like that. Maybe it was nine murals. There's several and they all got covered mm -hmm. up except for two, well, three of them. And oh yeah, two of them, the, the owner of the building actually put plexiglass over his mural because they didn't want it to be painted over. And what had, what had happened yeah. is he had painted and then it was there for a little while, but other artists, local artists didn't like the fact that he was getting recognition for coming in and, and doing the work. So they, they would paint over it, but the building owners oh. wanted to keep them. And I remember reading an article recently about one of the murals that would still exist. I think there's only two that exist on the street and yeah. the, they had um, cut the plexiglass to paint the wall to cut so, so that they could you know and to me that's like the facing it you know i mean there's 
there's yeah. times where you know it's appropriate to cover it up and put something new on there and there's other times where like let's like you said it's an important piece yeah. of artwork that talks about the history or the time why yeah. not keep mm -hmm. it yeah. there's actually there's actually a hotel in downtown new orleans that they have a big piece of wall that the owner of the building had the banks he had painted it got painted over by i think several layers and the building the owner of the building wanted to bring that uh that banksy back yeah. out so he he paid to have it meticulously uncovered and restored yeah. and then this hotel yeah. has the has this big old concrete piece of wall in their lobby of banksy and they yeah, have sort I've, of a, i've heard a, of that yeah yeah it's it's, yeah. A, it's amazing yeah. yeah amazing and i think banksy you know he has a whole he has an attitude similar to hector of like hey art is temporary <laughs> and it's at some point it's meant to be covered up or destroyed so yeah yeah it's funny it's yeah funny how there's both sides of that argument Right. When, I think it's just people's own experience of where they, how they grew up and what, you know, what world they were in. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How did you, how did you learn how to price your art going from a fine artist to a muralist? Like it, it, you know, there's obviously very different pricing between that. And it's a question that I like to ask now, especially yeah. to established artists is mm -hmm. how do you figure out that? How do you figure out that pricing model? Well, first of all, obviously consider all the expenses, which with murals, the scissor lifts are usually the most expensive. Sure. Um, insurance and, th and of course paint and sometimes a priming and sealing of the wall. So I figure out all my expenses. And then depending on the size, I mean, I have enough experience with different sizes now. I'm pretty good at just coming up with a number, but it just, after I take the expenses off, I just think, well, how much is it worth it to me <laughs> to paint this wall? Because trust me, it's a lot of physical work climbing yeah, yeah. up and down that scissor lift, <laughs> climbing up and down that scissor lift about 25 times a day because <laughs> you've got to step back and look at it from a distance. So, right, so right. really it's just deciding what your price is, what what's worth it to you to paint. Um, and obviously that increases over time as you grow your name and your brand. And so I think you know, so just slowly keep increasing it. And then once you do something for a certain price, you're not going to go lower again. You're only going to, you know, go higher. Sure. And then just taking into account the square footage and that's kind of how you can make a good estimate, I would say. A good, a good answer. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, you know, it's your yeah. answer. It's your, it's your truth. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do, I hope that do, you, <laughs> do you ever calculate in the time that it's going to take? Like, hey, I, I look at this mural and it's probably going to take me, you know, X number of hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, most of my large scale murals take about four to five weeks. So that is, you know, that's a big part of it, too. And when you say four mm -hmm. to five weeks, how many hours a day is that what you figure that you're working? Oh, 10 to 12 hours a day. And then if it's not raining, I'll be out there six, okay. six to seven days a week. So yeah, it's pretty intense when I work on the big projects. Sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. I had an artist that I spoke to once and he, he did these large metal piece, metal fabrication pieces. Uh, they're amazing, breathtaking. Mm -hmm. And he said that he, <laughs> he goes on, he, he prices art strictly on plumber's rates. And I was like, oh, what's, nice. what's plumber's rates? And he's like, $75. That's an, right? Yeah. Well, he's like 70, $75 an hour. And one of these pieces might oh. take me, you know, several hundred, like his pieces were 20,000, $30,000 because of the amount of yeah. time that he had put into it. I'm like, wow, like $75 an hour, $30,000, that's many hours. Yeah. That, that was his simple I, I formula. That. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I tell 
uh, like young artists that ask me about pricing work, I'm like, the first thing is you have to learn to value value yourself before anyone's going to value you. Sure, so, absolutely. So a friend of mine once told me like, the only person that's going to decide if you're a million dollar artist is you. <laughs> you're the one that gets to put that worth on yourself and decide that. So obviously I'm not quite there yet, but that really changed my perspective. Like, okay, yeah, I do get to decide how much I'm worth. And if people don't want to pay it, then that's okay. You know, I'll wait for the people that do want to pay it. So yeah, learning to value yourself as an artist is very important, I would say. Absolutely. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. And so on that note, and you said that's something that you talk to a lot about younger people, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to someone who's starting out as an artist? Well, let's see. First of all, I would say don't compare yourself to other artists. Focus on what inspires you and lights you up inside. And that's what's going to light other people up, too. So if you stay, you stay only worried about what you think about the work, I think that's very important. I would also say working hard. You know, people get praised in public for what they practice in private. And I spent many years developing, developing my work. And, you know, sometimes when I didn't have a lot of I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was, I was in the studio every day practicing on my skill and my craft. And, and so when it was time to, you know, work hard, I was ready and I was prepared. So I would say that. And then, and going back to the valuing yourself, it's to say, say something only takes two hours to, to, to paint or to create. It's not about the two hours. It's about all the years of work before that got you to that point. So that's how you can think about pricing too. It's not about, it doesn't have to be about the amount of time. It can be about your experience and, and what it took all the years and energy and money that it took to get you to create this, this thing in a couple of days or, or hours or, or whatever. Uh, absolutely. You had all the great points yeah. there. I, there's a story from, I think it was Picasso. I, I'm going to botch it, but the, the, the meaning <laughs> is there. I think it was Picasso. It might have been somebody else, but maybe he was yeah. one of his contemporaries. But basically, that he someone hired him to commission him to do a portrait, and he did the portrait, and it was like 15 minutes. And he said, "Okay, that'll be ten thousand dollars or whatever." And they said, "Are you kidding me? That took you 15 minutes." And he said, "No, it yeah. took me 20 years to be able to do it in 15 yeah. minutes." So yeah, exactly, exactly. You, you know, <laughs> like that. The other thing I love what you said, and I know where it comes from, but I, I love that you said it is people are praised in public for the work they do in private and for the way yeah. that, you know and that's so very true how, how you carry yourself when people aren't watching and looking is uh yeah. it means a lot and i think it means a lot more than what people people think and so it, it helps you to live with integrity in what you do and in the work that you do so yeah i think that's absolutely. really powerful let me go let's go a little bit deeper on that uh if if you will mm-hmm. why why should we care about art we should care about art because it has the power to cut right through to the to our soul, to our the deepest part of ourself that that is the most alive and the most present, and and this part of ourself that the art brings out in us when we look at it or we listen to it. I mean, it just takes one one note of someone singing to just totally uh, trans transform, um, take somebody to a different different state. Or looking at a painting, you know, it's so powerful that it can that it has the power to do that um, and transport someone to that, to that state. And, and when we're in that state, that's when we're connected to, to, connected to everybody and every living being on earth. So for me, that's why it's important because it takes us to that, to, to our true selves. 
it sounds like that's like that's also from the artist's standpoint as well like you talked about earlier painting and you get into that state of where it just comes out of you and uh mm -hmm. you don't even you don't even know where it comes from it's just like the create the creative the creativeness just wells up from the inside and you draw that from spirit or from the universe or from wherever the people around you yeah yeah i yeah. totally feel like a vessel you know just like allowing it to flow through me and and as it flows through me as with any kind of giving to the world anything you give as you give you get and it and it heals me as it as it goes through me so yeah ah, that's, that's beautiful what do you hope to give to the world as an artist anna murphy <laughs> i hope to give to the world the beauty that i feel inside myself and i hope to share that so that people can feel that beauty inside themselves and i kind of like to think of it like you know one candle can light thousands more and it's that same mm. analogy of like one apple seed you know how many apple trees are in one apple seed it's limited it's unlimited <laughs> so i, I want to be that inspiration and that that force to for people to feel that inside themselves i guess that's that's awesome mm -hmm. that's awesome mm -hmm. now you graduated in 2011 so mm -hmm. did you go right did you go right from like high school to university to college straight through i i did i did mm -hmm. so yeah. you know i know it's never appropriate to ask women her age but i'm guessing you, that puts you That's somewhere okay. in your late your late 20s somewhere around there uh, th 31 31 okay so yeah yeah you you're not too far removed from from that so i'm gonna back this question up a few years in age if you had to go back Usually I ask it like if you had to go back to your 20 year old self, but I'm gonna say, if you had to go back to your high school self, uh, when you're a teenager and you're involved in the arts and your theater and you're transitioning from music to theater. And if you had to give yourself a piece of advice, one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? Hmm. I would tell myself to enjoy the process <laughs> because I would get wrapped up in, you know, achieving and, and, making sure I'm doing everything on my to-do list correctly and, and I you know I think I'm really learning that it's not about that it's about the journey it's about what I was saying in the beginning it's about the the progress and it, as slow as it is like you got to enjoy every step of it so that's the advice I would give myself oh I like that it's yeah enjoy every step of it mm -hmm. I mean, that's it right there enjoy him enjoy every step of it <laughs> even yeah even if it's a struggle or a challenge like that's part of the journey so you have to appreciate it for what it is and know that it's gonna help you to grow and help you to get to the other side which is going to be even better absolutely oh 100 percent agree mm -hmm. with that you you have some you have some murals here that you've done uh in conjunction with some other artists so there's a mural that i see that you you did that has it looks like at least three of you uh, with Oprah, mm -hmm. and then there's uh, you and definitely one other artist, maybe two other artists. Uh, what obviously it's something that you enjoy, or you wouldn't have done it. But some artists are really like, oh, my art is I need to stand alone and stand out. Tell me a little bit yeah, about why you chose to do that and how you feel about that and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I hadn't done anything like that until the last year, 2020, and then all of a sudden I had these two big collaboration pieces at <laughs> the same or one after the other. So. For me, I, w I did kind of used to be like a little bit controlling with my artwork and like, <laughs> no, it has to be this way. I can't imagine collaborating with anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, okay, this is something new. Like, and the first one I did with the, the Nature's Four Elements, which is at the 93rd 
93rd Street South Chicago Metro Station. That one I did with three of my really good friends, which we all had studios in the same studio building. And so that was like, it was just fun because I got to be around my friends and um, that was like a really good experience. And then the second one I did was the Oprah mural, which is on in the West Loop of Chicago, which is on Green Street in between Madison and Monroe. And yes, that mural, I didn't know any of the artists going into it, but it was a good experience because I, I got to learn a lot about how other mural painters work, which, you know, I didn't, you know, a firsthand experience, which I didn't really know. So I learned a few things and just got to meet some really good artists and make some new friends. So that was a good experience. Yeah, I'd be open to collaborating again. But I think because I just did two big collaboration pieces, I think my next work, my next one or two will just be uh, solo. <laughs> yeah. Just to balance yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have a chance to meet Oprah? for this mural or no no, I, no I, you know because of covid like she wasn't traveling i think the yeah. the guy that was managing the project um lavar he works on a project called the beeline he really did his best to try to get her to come but you know obviously covid nobody was traveling um, but she did <laughs> sure. send us she did send us a video thanking us and telling us how much she liked the mural so that was really amazing oh yeah, yeah that's nice that's that's yeah. awesome yeah Congratulations yeah. on that. That's totally cool. Thank you. Thank you. As, as we begin to wrap up, well, first of all, I wanted to ask, how can people get best in touch with you or, or yeah, um, contact you? So I have my Instagram, which is at Anna P. Murphy, which is A-N-N-A-P for Patricia Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y. Okay. Um, so that's my Instagram. And then my website is the same. It's AnnaPMurphy.com. And then that has my contact, my email, if anybody wants to get a hold of me. I have some paintings and prints for sale on my website. Cool. So, okay. Yeah, those would be the best ways. Mm -hmm. Now, forgive me, but as beautiful as the name Anna Murphy is, it's not a super unique name. And when I first yeah. Googled Anna Murphy, there was a bunch of things that came up. But I will say, I Googled Anna Murphy artists and, yeah. and it's all about you girl you, oh, you, awesome. <laughs> you and if you put a chicago even in there but like just anna murphy artist it, the pictures yeah. are all you you own it's your facebook it's your oh, instagram cool. there's art several articles about you so you own google as anna murphy the artist so that's that's yay great. thank you <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <didn't> know that. <laughs> absolutely uh what do you've got i uh, last question i have for you is what do you have what are you working on today what do you got coming up that you're really excited about that gets uh gets you out of bed in the morning yeah well, something that's really exciting right now is my my fiance Hector and I we 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 just got a new studio space and it's being renovated right now. But we're basically combining our spaces into one. Mm. And he's an art fabricator. He's an artist fabricator, so he he works with every kind of material you can think of: wood, metal, aluminum, um, fiberglass, anything you can think of. And and so he creates sculptures and and things that artists want to create, but they don't know how to create. <laughs> So having him in my studio together, we have some really exciting ideas. We're coming up with some sculpture pieces. So I'm actually going to um, try my hand at sculpture and kind of let my work evolve that way, which I'm super excited about because it's a new, totally new thing for me, new challenge. But it's staying in the same realm of the theme of Mother Earth and animals. So, yeah, I'm really excited to share that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. And new Thank studio you. space, that's pretty great. I yeah, love to hear that. You. Yeah. Are you going to stick with the, the, the blue monochrome theme for a while or? 
Well, I do have a couple more pieces that I've designed for that, but I have a lot of new work, which is different color schemes, but I don't want to give too much away, but it's kind of in the same realm somehow, but yeah, totally new ideas with some colors coming. So yeah, awesome. it's going to be evolving soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to hear that you continually evolve as an artist. This goes right back to your inspiration at the beginning of always trying yeah. to work on yourself and grow every day. And so, you know, yeah, you've, you've I, done... I really, I... Oh, sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I really try to be as creative as I can in every aspect of my life, whether it's like my home, I try to design it to be as inspiring and beautiful as I can. My closet, I have all my uh, clothes color coordinated. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, in my cooking, I love to be creative. So yeah, I see, like I said, I just see my life as a, as a big artwork and I, and I try to make it as beautiful as I can in, in every way. That's awesome. Well, we can, I think we can end it right there. Your, your life is, is a big piece of artwork and you make it as creative as you can in every way. Anna Murphy, I, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so honored to have you on the podcast and to talk with you about your art and your career and the work that you're doing and the way you're giving back to the world with your art. And so I'm very honored and I thank you for, for oh. spending some time with me today. Well, thank you. I can tell from the moment I met you that you're a really kind soul and I really appreciate you and what you're doing with your podcast. It's really awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> God bless you. Take care. Everlasting vision of the ever-changing view A wondrous world in bits of blue and gold, a tapestry to... The music for this episode of the podcast is, of course, the inspiration for Anna Murphy's work in Blue and Gold. It is the song Tapestry by music legend Carole King off of her 1971 album of the same name. You can find Tapestry and all of Carole King's music anywhere you listen to your music. Now that the podcast is over, go check out more of Anna Murphy's work at theartunknownstore.com. That's right, we have a special collection of work from Anna Murphy infused on activewear and accessories just for you at theartunknownstore.com. And special bonus, as an Art Unknown podcast listener, you get 10% off every purchase. Just use the discount code AUPODCAST10 when you check out for 10% off. How cool is that? I know, it's awesome. So go check out Anna Murphy and all the artists at theartunknownstore.com. Once again, thank you for listening. And of course, remember to feed your soul with art. <laughs>